0: Hello, I'm Sarah Ray and I'm an editor at Smart Cities World and in today's podcast we're going to look at at the changing skills requirements as our cities strive to become smarter. We often hear from cities that skills are a challenge when it comes to capitalising on new technologies, not to mention competing for the tech talent that's out there. So today we have a panel of smart city experts to share their views and experiences on the skills issue and how cities can address them. So today I'd like to welcome our panel. We have Dominic Papa, who is the executive director at the Arizona Institute for Digital Progress, a not-for-profit which is working with 22 cities and towns to build America's first smart region. We also have Gunnar Crawford, head of Smart City at the city of Stavanger. Raffaele Guerreri, who is the CIO and head of innovation at the province of Brescia and the president of the smart city association italy teppo rantanen is the executive director for growth innovation and competitiveness for the city of Tampere, and Bas bursma is the ceo of the academy for smarter communities so welcome today everybody and um initially i'd just like to get um your take on the types of skills challenges that the push for smarter cities is um throwing up for you so um bass if we could um, start with you that would be great since i know that you're addressing this um, specifically with your academy
1: sure there is a whole host of challenges obviously that get thrown um up because of the smart city ambitions and smart city endeavors and obviously it's almost too obvious to mention there is a technology related one so uh, we 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 see an ever larger array of technological choices, solutions, architectures, some of them open, some of them not so open and and if they are not well understood, then it's very difficult to procure the right stuff uh, to make sure that we arrive at interoperable architectures uh that we make investments which are sustainable long term and ugh, the list is long and distinguished um, so there is real a real need for people to up their skills and understanding with regard to technology. But there is also another thing that I'd really like to point out. And sure enough, many of my peers here on this this particular uh, podcast will be able to add on. But another one would be um, to be able to apply different uh, levels of design thinking to the actual projects and investments at hand. So if you look at many of the smart city endeavors that we've seen over the past 10 years, Much of it has been really tech driven with big uh, technology company agendas uh, that have in part driven some of those efforts. Whereas this is increasingly in fact resulted in a question over purpose. Why are we doing this and for whom? If we start out with the actual people that need this, the citizens, other stakeholders in the community, then what does it mean if we start out by them, if we start out with their needs? It requires a different type of planning, a different type of thinking, a different type of designing your way to the actual solutions that we need. So it, it requires a very particular type of skill sets which does not only underpin the type of planning that we undertake but also the type of procurement that we undertake, the type of partnerships that we build, and so on and so forth. So to kick it off, these are some of the items that come to mind.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, um, thank you. And uh, Teppo, how are you finding it in the city of Tampere then with um, the skills required?
2: Well, I would uh, say that we uh, kind of see the similar things that Bas was describing, but maybe <clears throat> putting it in a different way. I think one of the key things is to really understand the, the big picture and have a holistic view on, on how we can drive forward these sort of big, big changes. Uh, And it's not about technologies, but really understanding the change and the nature of change and how to uh, implement those those changes. And the other thing is to to really understand uh, uh, the behavior of people. So how do people behave? Uh, What is the way that we can get our citizens uh, to be uh, starting to use new technologies? How to see the benefit they get in their everyday lives? using these new technologies that are enabled by all the the smart technologies that we bring to them. Uh, So, again, understanding of, you know, the the small person's uh, way of uh, using these sort of new opportunities. So uh, if if an ideal world, we would have people who really understand how this whole big ecosystem works, how we can make different players uh, act together, how we can build the... uh, the, the sort of a the kind of business models and uh, and the systems in place that uh, tackle both the needs of uh, of corporates and uh, and smaller businesses uh, and the uh, the universities and and, and and other institutions and the city itself, and then the viewpoint from the uh, the kind of average uh, citizen. So I think these are the prime skills, the technology skills that we are needing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Um... Dominic, you're obviously working with uh, multiple cities. So what what kinds of trends are you seeing there?
3: Yeah, and and so I'm actually a former city employee myself and I also used to work for a technology startup in my region. And so um, as a nonprofit, I'm seeing this from a unique angle. Um, And so, you know, the push for smarter cities is affecting each of these organizations in different ways. Uh, For instance, from the city's perspective, uh, a smart city is going to demand a public sector workforce that is knowledgeable to both develop and maintain these emerging technologies that we're seeing affecting our urban environments. Um, but the push for smart cities uh, is also a big economic development play for our communities. And a lot of our communities want to become smart cities so that way we can attract the innovative technology companies uh, that into our areas. and so. It's important for cities, the challenges that they face, to ensure that the talent pipeline within our communities is here for those emerging technology companies to want to be able to relocate or make stay within our communities. So it's a, it's a very difficult balancing pro- process of needing the skills internally within city organizations, but also providing the talent pipeline externally that can attract these innovative companies into our region.
0: Yeah. And um, Raffaele, I know that you um, have worked with a number of smaller cities. So, so how do you see that trend around um, being able to compete for uh, to bring talent it, into the city t- to address these things?
4: Uh, well, of course, uh, um, there is, uh, in my opinion, this uh, need of uh, finding the right balance between. Uh, The local needs that uh, small uh, villages or small towns are used in uh, their tradition to take care uh, with uh, some other opportunities or solution or uh, new trends that typically happen uh, in uh, cities, in big cities close to them, and that of Mm -hmm. course attract uh, their young people and the companies that uh, at the moment are located are still located in in those uh, small communities and so um uh, i found uh, i found the need of um especially of the people in the, in the public administration to um to improve their skills and ability to play the role of orchestrators or the role mm-hmm. in managing the tough matters together with finance but also with administration and with uh, budgeting and investors and so on and uh, sometimes also how to find a way, starting from the needs, from the assets of these communities, how to find a way to, in some way, integrate all these actors and uh, moving together towards a a common goal. So that's, in my opinion, one of the main uh, challenges.
0: Okay, excellent. And um, Guna, what about from the city of Stavanger, what are you finding there?
5: Well, uh, a lot of the same uh, things, obviously. But uh, I think uh, I want to go back to what Bas pointed out with the the need for design thinking. Um, we uh, experience a lot of, let's say, silos uh, within the municipality. We have uh, maybe the best experts uh, in the country when uh, when it comes to their own field of expertise, uh, but they're not used to working together. So. Uh, a lot of what we do with the smart city work—it's—it's it's about enabling our own colleagues uh, in the public sector to uh, give them the right uh, kind of skill set to involve our citizens and businesses in the development further. So, design thinking, having service design as a uh, as a skill, that's really really useful. And I think uh, that's one of the ways ways forward. And actually, just within, let's say, the last uh, 12 to 15 months. This has been a big success factor for us getting these kind of skills into the municipality.
0: So, um, when you say getting skills in, is that uh, reskilling the people that are already working there, or you know bringing new people in, or running workshops with a mixture? How do you um, make that change?
5: It's uh, actually all of the above. Uh, we have uh, hired some new people uh, with the right kind of skill set, but of course we can't do that for all our 10,000 employees so we we are building internal uh, schools to do this kind of uh, development so we can train all our fellow colleagues into this way of thinking
0: excellent well it'd be great to come back to the um, internal school a little bit later on but before we do um i just wondered if um so a lot of you've mentioned uh, skills around for example design thinking whereas a lot of times um People do seem to be mentioning uh, skills around, for example, data or particularly data is I think one that comes up quite a lot. Um, I just wondered if if you could each maybe sum up what your top, you know, two skills, for example, that you think are particularly in demand are, and um, maybe you could go first, Gunnar. I know you've mentioned the design thinking, but are there other things as well that you see commonly?
5: There's one uh, skill really lacking, and that's uh, that's uh, overall data scientist. Uh, uh, skill. We we have, like I said, we have professionals very good at their own job, uh, but uh, we are putting in place new structures for uh, handling data, data lakes, those kind of structures, and we don't really have the skill set to to uh, look at all our different data sources together. So we need some uh, some kind of data scientist skill set on top that can also help the experts to extract the, uh, the real uh, value of our existing data.
0: Yeah, excellent. And um, Bas, so I know that you have the workshops and things through the academy. How are you um, prioritising the types of skills that you are addressing through those?
1: Well, I, a lot of good things have been mentioned just now, and I could just add a few. Um, I, I think the um, ability to change the psychology of the relationship between government officials and private sector is an important one. There is a traditional culture where government is the entity that's procuring and then private sector is the vendor and that determines the relationship. it's the smart city space, it, things get delivered on through ecosystems and very different types of partnerships. And sometimes government is the buying center, but sometimes it's merely in an orchestration role. And that means that you need a very different type of psychology. You'd also need different types of people to manage these type of relationships. So I don't have one easy word for that, but it's definitely mm-hmm. part of the change that we see. And, and another component I'd like to point out, which have, hasn't been mentioned explicitly yet, is ethics we have ever more technology we have artificial intelligence coming our way and it's producing ever more questions and some of them are deeply related to ethics and it also means that ethical thinking ethical hacking are parts of the work that we should be doing that we should be undertaking and um luckily an increasing amount of cities is 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 taking that up as a as a positive challenge
0: okay yeah and um uh, Teppo, I think I've heard you mention before around um, how cities have a chance to lead on trust so maybe you wanted to pick up on the point that Bas made about ethics and things there
2: Yes, uh, that, that is something which is uh, very interesting I mean, if you look at the whole situation with the data and the whole situation how that is being handled I, I think it's uh, one of the skills there that is around the data it's around artificial intelligence where we are now right now trying to find uh, skills and where there's scarcity of skills. And it goes back to this, how you can ethically use the data in a way that uh, maybe would be uh, uh, something which at least we think uh, in, in, in Finland and, and the Nordics that we could use as one of the examples of maybe making a European way of uh, looking at the responsible use of data so that we could also uh, provide sort of the ethical and ethical, artificial intelligence. And I think that the cities might be one interesting element to it because we have kind of public sector uh, stamp on us and, and of are more reliable source, at least in Finland, we think uh, than, than some of the other sources. So that is something which we are really, really pushing now and, and, and trying to understand at the same time there's a huge need for um, security. Uh, which comes from, uh, you know, take for example, the uh, uh, identification of people uh, using camera technologies, uh, facial recognition and others, uh, and the the need for privacy at the same time. So how can you balance those two themes and and make sure that, you know, you have people who are happy to live in a safe uh, city at at the same time as they're happy to, you know, see that some of the data is being used. What uh, was being collected from them, so so that is an area where there's a there's a great need for you know, understanding how to play that balance right. and I think that is something which yeah. is a great opportunity for 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 us as a city, and and, and I think that uh, we can then you know see a lot of other ecosystem uh, partners to play along with us.
0: And looking for those kind of skills, then is that um, does that affect kind of the the way you recruit staff or the sort of processes or the types of areas where you might look for for workers?
2: For us, definitely it does. I mean, we are looking for a, a uh, maybe it's a combination of because we don't necessarily see the need to hire them for us. We need to see mm-hmm. that they are within our ecosystem, so within our partners who we work together with. So I think it's a combination of seeing that the skills are nearby, that we have this sort of a skills ecosystem in place. They don't need to be working uh, as an employee of the city, but they, they need to be somewhere accessible within our, our partners in our ecosystem.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, and Raffaele, what what are the top skills that you're seeing um, the need for or the, the major changes that, that you're seeing in the types of skills?
4: Well, I would say that... Um, there are two main areas in which uh, probably we have to increase the the skills of our uh, team. One is connected with the ability of increasing the interaction between uh, uh, people working in different departments of the of the local government of the government. We are not used to do these kind of things. So it's not only the way that people are not used to talk with other technicians or with other with people with other different backgrounds, but also the information system are quite uh, uh, separated among them. So there is the need of uh, understanding understanding there uh, and building a new kind of architecture, first of all architecture of systems, and uh, then uh, of course find. Uh, uh, a sort of common language to enable this uh, sharing of uh, skills and competencies inside the administration, which is an uh, uh, important step to open uh, uh, to the collaborative team with external people in the private sector or uh, in, uh, including other main stakeholders of uh, the local community. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a, 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 a critical step because uh, um, this is the, uh, the way, uh, in practical, how to uh, give practice to the, the the idea of the concept of the ecosystem. And uh, it's also very important because it's the, uh, the way how we start to cooperate with the product sector and to show them uh, the opportunity and to motivate them to increase their kind of investment. So, this is crucial and uh, yep. I think uh, we have to work on that, mainly on SOC skills, I, I would say.
0: Um, and who who do you think um, would would drive that type of collaboration? So, would that be something that you're doing in your role as CIO, and is that changing um, your traditional role as the CIO? Um,
4: well, of course, uh, let me say uh, uh, technological background can help this is not uh uh, uh an assurance that uh, you can uh, you can play this kind of role you uh but i would say that what is important what would be important is uh, to to create a, a neutral framework in which uh, any of the players feel uh feel free to to <clears throat> To share his uh, clear point of view and also to show uh, the strength, but also the weakness of his position, without feeling uh, uh, to be in strong competition with the others. So this is a great opportunity for the public sector, but at the same time it's also a great challenge because, uh, as the other were saying before, we are used to the idea the process of procurement. And the procurement typically uh, requires a request and later an offer. But in the smart city uh, field, probably uh, we don't have so long tradition how to to plan, how to implement things. So there is a a continuous need of interaction. So that's why we needed to explore innovative way of procurement in which is legal this kind of interaction, this kind, this kind of uh, exchange of uh, views, and that in the end uh, uh, bring all all together to the best uh, and balanced solution that uh, can answer to the needs of the of the community.
0: Yeah, excellent. And um, so, um, Dominic, working across so many different cities, um, are you seeing that? a lot of those cities are needing the same skills or are you seeing um, variation depending on certain factors?
3: Yeah, here in the Greater Phoenix region, there is a big push within our cities to um, recruit entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and a big focus on entrepreneurship in general. And an entrepreneur is someone that, you know, leverages the traditional skill sets of an entrepreneur, but does so within large organizations. Um, you know, we know that gov- government bureaucracy can throw all sorts of barriers in the way of people who are trying to drive change. But some people, you know, when they run into these barriers within these organizations, especially within government, can't help but try to figure out how to push through those barriers. And those aren't entrepreneurs. And those are the sorts of people that our governments here in the greater Phoenix region are really looking for. They're looking for those um, employees who don't let bureaucratic barriers barriers stop them from really driving constructive change. And so to them, you know, a successful entrepreneur in government must be able to navigate these large and sometimes maze-like internal environments that our governments are, you know, which can often be weighed down with politics and bureaucracy. And so, especially with smart cities, our governments are realizing that, you know, bringing the innovative ideas Um, to market, you know, to the cities that smart cities um, require, it often takes, it often requires the knowledge and skills of employees from many different departments. And so these cities are looking for these entrepreneurs that have these advanced skills and diplomacy and the ability to to really drive multi-departmental, multi-disciplinary teamwork. Um, And so that's the big push here in the greater Phoenix region to find these individuals with the people skills that can bring people to the, the table across different departments, across different sectors, and really drive constructive change from the inside.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, so you mentioned uh, intrapreneurship and entrepreneurship. Do you think that um, there's a challenge around whether, you know, cities can potentially pay enough money to um, compete with um, maybe private sector organizations that typically work in that way?
3: Yeah, it's it's a very... Difficult challenge that all of our communities are facing right now, right? We struggle to compete to recruit the kind of talent that we need to drive this sort of change. But we're we're actually seeing a little bit of a shift where, um, you know, the the emerging workforce, you know, straight out of college, straight out the university, a lot of these individuals are motivated to drive a positive change within their communities to have an impact within the society, the broader society. And so I think I think the real opportunity here for our communities is to leverage the fact that, uh, you know, a public sector workforce, you can make a real impact on real people. You can help drive the improvement of the quality of life for residents and visitors and businesses within your own community. And I think that is where governments will really be successful in uh, competing in the talent recruitment that is so difficult right now because yes, a lot of these tech companies can offer higher paying jobs, but I think again, the, the ability to create a positive impact will help us attract the kind of talent we need to drive this change.
0: Okay, that's a great point, thank you. Um, So we've looked at what some of the potential challenges are and some of the um, key skills, and I know that you're all doing a variety of different things um to, to address these issues. So I was hoping that we could um around the group and share some of those examples um so guna you you mentioned um some interesting work that you're doing internally would you be able to share a little bit more information about that
5: yeah um we are uh, building a centralized uh, team a team of experts that will uh, work across the municipalities in the region that's sort of one of our approaches uh, because we are uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, having a hard time recruiting uh, because of Norway's oil and gas industry, which mm-hmm. is uh, sort of on, on its way back up, and they're grabbing all the all the really skilled workers at the moment. Uh, but we are trying to sort of gather, having uh, this this expert team working across 26 municipalities in our region. That's sort of one of those areas where we can uh, provide possibly a competitive environment for for these kind of skill sets. But uh, but also we are uh, have a, established this internal school for uh, uh, service design and and various kinds of methods for involving our citizens because we see that our our colleagues really need this kind of skill sets um, mm. and it's not easy to buy this kind of let's say competency or knowledge uh, just buy it from uh, any consultancy we we need to build it internally. And make sure it's uh, it's something that all our colleagues uh, know how to manage.
0: And are you seeing um, you know any what kind of progress are you already seeing there? You know, are you seeing any specific things already done differently as you've tried to drive drive this kind of change?
5: Oh, definitely, and uh, we see within uh, actually several fields that people are working uh, differently, and they're so much more open to. New ideas, uh, and uh, let's not forget how we cooperate with the with the, the businesses. Uh, it mm-hmm. used to be very much uh, so you needed uh, all kinds of uh, negotiations and contracts to be able to to even speak to a local business. Uh, but now we're much much more open, and we're willing to sit down and have a, at least initial talks without having a big procurement process. Uh, and yeah. also, it's the same, of course, with the citizens being much more open. Uh, walking out into the street and uh, actually asking the citizens what they need. So it's so much more, yeah. let's say, need-driven.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Raffaele, what kind of um, initiatives do you do you have going on in the cities that you're working with?
4: Well, at the moment, we are trying to um, convince all the small municipalities around Braithwa uh, to start a, a, a single... Uh, journey in this development of uh, digital infrastructure for uh, enabling, for example, IoT uh, application or uh, more in general, smart services that can go through uh, and uh, beyond their, their border, the administrative limits. So uh, one important point is to involve politicians, the mayor and the councillor, and to convince them that uh, Um, Digitalization can be uh, a a strong tool to improve the efficiency uh, of of their policies, no matter if it it regards environment or mobility or tourism or other things. And for Mm -hmm. uh, small municipalities, the main thing is that to avoid a a second wave of digital divide, they strongly Mm -hmm. need to work all together because otherwise you don't create a market so interesting to attract investors by investment. And consequently, we don't have the condition of uh, creating the new business model that this kind of services requires. Because, you know, we are facing a time in which there is uh, less and less financial resources and skills, and so the only way is to stay all together but it also creates the condition in which the investment of the private has a, a, a well-defined or an estimation of a return so in a different way which is not just a tender can, can guarantee so um, at the moment we have a group of uh, 30 municipalities working together and we have enabled uh, an iot infrastructure and now we are developing uh together with a mapping of their needs we are developing we are trying to developing uh, uh the vertical application but mm-hmm. uh, the big question is how to create a common data framework in which to enrich the value of the all the data that we are going to collect in, in the next month.
0: So um we often talk about um how within cities the departments can often be siloed that must be even more tricky when um working across multiple cities how how are you um you know driving that collaboration across many different places
4: Oh, yes. Uh, you know, even from uh, very simple uh, uh, process, such as meetings, uh, uh, meetings mm-hmm. all together with the mayors, but also sometimes you have done it uh, also with citizens because, of course, the politicians uh, appreciate uh, uh, the growth of consensus of their citizens. And uh, sometimes also inviting uh, uh, politicians or, or experts from other uh, city of the country or even from the road, just to show that some process, some services that some can appear uh, so projected in the future actually have already been done in some other location. So it's important also to be part of a wider community, wider international community and to find uh, motivation also in the fact that some other small uh, communities are facing the same uh, the same challenge that uh, we are doing, and of course then we need also to be able uh, we I mean uh, we technicians in some way uh, to find a way to understand from uh, this meeting which is the uh, uh, the feasible goal that we can reach in in a in a short term in a mid term just to uh, to let them understand that this process, of course, has a, a long-term uh, ambition that can uh, provide a usefulness and results also in the, in the midterm. And um, here I would like also to highlight that uh, there is for sure a lack of skill and need of uh, improvement in the public sector, but sometimes I also found that the need also for the private sector to make the effort to understand uh, the language, uh, also the the rules of uh, how to approach the public, and now to deal with them uh, a different uh, uh, finance model that actually, uh, I would say, especially in Europe, uh, after the European guidelines and directives, it's uh, it's, uh, possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, we are not used to to practice, and we are more close to the old framework. And this, for sure, do not enable and do not uh, um, allow to move from pilot to a larger scale. So yep. there is, I would also highlight I like that there also need from the private sector to make this kind of uh, improvement in terms of skill and uh, in, uh, to uh, facilitate. Uh, a more effective dialogue with the with
0: the public. Excellent, thank you. And um, Gunnar, I think you might have had a comment to add there.
5: Yeah, I, um, we are doing this uh, also a fairly practical way. Uh, so I agree in uh, all the notes from Raphael, but uh, uh, we see that having um, like a joint, a uh, common platform for doing, uh, let's say, IoT, uh, having an IoT network across uh, multiple municipalities makes it so much easier to do. Uh, innovations uh, across. Uh, And we also see that uh, having platforms for uh, sharing, uh, platforms for, let's say, open data, data sharing that we can use together makes it so much easier to do this, uh, having these uh, common initiatives. And uh, it has uh, made us able to do, uh, for instance, uh, having hackathons across multiple municipalities and cities, uh, having um, both uh, citizens and uh, businesses uh, joining in to solve uh, and work on topics like mobility, work on climate and environment, and it's all about giving them the, the necessarily uh, platforms and infrastructure. So that's sort of one practical way of doing this. Mm-hmm.
0: And. Um- Raffaele had mentioned, too, about, um, you know, you've mentioned common platforms and things. And um, Raffaele had mentioned this common language between um, private sector and public sector. Um, have you seen any you know issues there or give any examples of some of the sort of language issues, if you like?
5: Yeah. Oh, Language is always challenging, uh, especially when <laughs> we go into the more uh, technical fields. Um, So we are actually, uh, for instance, in the city of Stavanger, we have a full-time employee just in the smart city office, just working on communication because explaining what we try to achieve with the smart city is so uh, difficult that uh, we need to pay a lot of attention uh, into it and we need to remove all these technology terms.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Is that to explain to citizens or within the city as well? Is that communications role?
5: Both, communications okay. externally and internally.
0: Okay. Um, and uh, Teppo, I know that you have that communications role within um, Tampa as well. Um, I just wondered whether there are any other um, skills initiatives going on um, in your city related to the issues we've discussed.
2: One of the interesting things which we just discussed with the uh, the recently merged new university is um, if we could form a um, a new type of a master degree program with the university, where actually the uh, uh, the learning could be done in, in kind of separate, uh, maybe 20 uh, study week uh, periods, but working together with the companies or the city around the whole smart city thinking. So you'd have a very pragmatic uh, uh, learning modules, which would also support the building, the skills that we need in the smart city environment, also bring the students a new way of, of learning uh while they are working on the topic so various topics around what we've been talking here could be uh in question and we've talked already with some of the companies and uh, we as a city are prepared to do that so we are continuing this dialogue with the university i think this could be something which is um uh, for us a totally new uh, way of building really really skilled talent around the smart city. Uh, thinking and it also is uh, a talent pool for for, for our ecosystem partners uh, to recruit from.
0: Definitely. Um so is that something you're um in discussions about and that could go ahead in the future did you say?
2: Yes, we are right now discussing with the university they're very very keen uh, on 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 uh, building that so I uh, would assume that uh, within you know the next uh, 6 months we would be more more in uh, in concrete plans how to move forward with that.
0: Excellent. Um, Definitely keep us posted on that. Um, Dominic, what what kind of initiatives are you seeing in your area?
3: So the biggest initiative that we have going on right now is we just officially launched the Greater Phoenix Smart Region Consortium. And this came about from the fact that the Greater Phoenix Region, we're the, the fourth largest county in the country, the fastest growing in population for the last three years. We have 22 fairly large jurisdictions all slammed up right next to each other in this region and so we realized that each of the cities were going about their own smart city strategies siloed Uh, and so we are essentially creating a handful of smart city islands and so we took a step back and said look if we wanted to compete globally we need to get these 22 jurisdictions to think together to act together to innovate together and to procure together Then if we were able to do this, we could build a smart region and we could outscale everyone else that's focused at the specific city level. And so what we did is we launched this consortium and a consortium is a collaborative research and implementation partnership between the public sector, academia, industry and other civic institutions to really drive the creation, advancement and adoption of smart city technologies at scale. Major pillar of this consortium is our workforce development programs. And so as all of my colleagues have mentioned, and, you know, a smart region, a smart city is going to demand that public sector workforce that can handle and be competent with these technologies. And so the consortium is bringing a handful of workforce programs and academies uh, to the public sector workforce here in the greater Phoenix region in an effort to build this public sector workforce of the future. Now, um, one of those uh, programs is the Academy for Smarter Communities, which I will not steal Boss's thunder, and I'll let you speak to it, Mm -hmm. but we're excited to have that academy as part of the workforce pillar here in the greater Phoenix region. But another program that I just wanted to highlight quickly is what we're calling the Public Entrepreneur Development Academy, uh, or PETA for short. Now, the core mission of this program is to bring together city leaders, local entrepreneurs, and industry partners to explore ways to really accelerate entrepreneurship in government and to really fuel the kind of innovation inside of our cities that is so synonymous with the tech industry startup culture that we've seen over the past, you know, 10 years. And so this program is really the first of its kind accelerator that teaches government employees entrepreneurial problem-solving skill sets and how to apply them to real-world civic issues. So we really see it as a new model for government problem-solving and leadership development. So um, again, we're excited with this consortium and the uh, major fact that the impetus is being put on how do we train our public sector workforce.
0: And are you any, have you seen any examples of um, you know progress with that yet? You know that's changed the way that things are done.
3: Yeah, so we we soft launched that PETA program last year, and we brought together. We just worked with the city of Phoenix, which is the largest city in our region, and we brought together. There are a lot of the next generation leaders of that city, so deputy directors or directors of uh, large departments, and we, you know, we brought them together. We taught them a lot of these entrepreneurial skills, such as design thinking. And I think the biggest success in what we've seen is that these these leaders, these department directors, when they went back to the cities, they didn't forget about what they were learning. In fact, they started to institute organizational um, or interdepartmental programs that would help drive the advancement of these skills that they were learning within the classroom. So, you know, they, for instance, the, the director of public works started to mandate uh, their employees go through design thinking, you know, webinars online. And so the ability for them to to take this leadership from the classroom back into the organization and not kind of lose it, uh, that's been a, a big uh, success for us so far.
0: Brilliant. Um, And Bas, we mentioned um, the Academy. What kind of, um, can you tell us a bit more about the initiatives there and uh, some of the results that you're seeing?
1: Sure. So it's interesting. We got four cities on the call here, or regions. We got uh, Greater Phoenix, obviously. We got Greater Stavanger. Uh, we got the Italian communities in the Smart City Association Italy here on the call, and obviously Tampere, Finland. And the, 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 the thing that is shared by all four is the very fact that uh, the Academy for Smarter Communities or TASC uh, is actually there with those communities to deliver masterclasses to the uh, leadership in those communities uh, on a public sector level. And uh, what we do there is really to take a very broad perspective in terms of what is required, uh, how we're going to up the skills and competencies, not just focus on technology, not just focus on, let's say, best practices, and definitely get away from the avalanche of PowerPoints we've seen over the past 10 years, uh, plenty of uh, smart city conferences where you get the front end PowerPoint from all the vendors and cities in terms of, uh, you know, what's happening, what's out there, who succeeds and, and, and that gets you somewhere, but it definitely is not, it does not equal uh, upping your skills and competencies to the point that things become replicable, that you have empowered teams and emp- empowered individuals that can take things further. What we typically do is to say so so you know what are the critical building blocks in order to drive your innovation and digitization strategy for your community effectively but also what are the interdependencies between those what happens if you do not commit to any of those building blocks how can things fall apart and and to that point what are the most common pitfalls that that, that can typically be observed uh, if people take it the wrong way and, and to see if we can learn from those pitfalls. I, I, I mentioned how we're not just focusing on technology and how I think it's very important that um, education that's focused on on this space does not, but obviously technology does have an important role to play and it, it, it should be made part of the education. And, it, and obviously that, that refers to uh, hardware, uh, but also data strategies uh, architectures, how to, rem- how to keep those architectures open, and-, and so on and so forth. But then again, beyond the technology, there are so many other components. Uh, referring to the building blocks that I just mentioned, um, how do you effectively engage citizens? How to do that? What are the best practices in that space? How do you actually procure for innovation? Because procurement is something that typically gets done as a matter of fact in a standardized way, Uh, very often it gets won on price, but if you procure for innovation, you need very different terms. How do you do that? What are the best practices? And if you're in a particular jurisdiction, what are the tools available in order to succeed in that space? so so these are some of the examples of the components that i think should typically go into let's say comprehensive education and 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 education it it, it is something to be extremely mindful of it doesn't come automatically to you uh, mm-hmm. to just hope that plenty of conferences or one or two tiny courses will do the trick is probably naive uh, you're you're simply going to remain you're going you're gonna to keep having to work with too many people that are underinformed, informed uh, under-skilled, but that have the power to say no. And that can be actually very, 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 let's say, uh, counterproductive to the overall effort that you're trying to drive. It can at best result in some progress, but then kind of getting stuck in incrementalism. And you see that a lot. You need larger teams with different decision makers on board on equal level of skills and competency. So to take that mission of getting education organized is simply an absolute priority for every community, large or small.
0: Brilliant. Well, I think that um, is a good way to sum up a lot of the discussion that we've had today. Um, I'd just like to thank all of our guests for taking part today and um, sharing your insights and examples. And I hope you'll keep in touch in the future and let us know how things are progressing. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Thank 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 you. Thank you.